Glorify God. That's the title of the message uh, this evening. Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43, verse 7. What does it mean to glorify God? The word glorify means to exalt, to uplift, to give praise, or lift above any other name. So as believers, it's important that we learn to glorify God's name. Now the question is, why should we glorify God? And so, if so, how can we glorify His name? Now, it may surprise you to know that our generation uses the word glorify. Now, it is usually done when they refer to a business. For example, someone can say, your business is the greatest in town. What this person is doing is they're giving that business praise or they're giving that business glory. And so the word to the word to glorify means to transform into to treat us more excellent than it would be normally considered. When you tell your wife or your mom, you know that was a nice dinner, that was a very excellent dinner. This is the best meal I've ever tasted. Or there's no meal like this one. What you're doing is you're giving your mom, your wife, your sister, or whomever you are praising, you're giving them praise you're glorifying what they've done for you and so that's a good thing you're giving credit where credit is due now helen of troy it is said that she was a very beautiful woman and it was her beauty that launched ten thousand men into battle what were these men doing they were glorifying this woman they were glorifying her beauty above all other women or her beauty above anyone else who may have been beautiful at that time. And so they're putting her in a place that they gave no other women a place above her. And so when we say we must give God the glory or we need to glorify God, what we're saying is he needs to take a place in our lives above any other person. He needs to be first in our lives. Now, the question is, why do we want to do this? And the reason is because this is why we were created. Isaiah 43, verse 7. Everyone who's called by my name, whom I created for my glory, I formed him. Yes, I have made him. So the very fact that God made you and I is enough to give him praise. So it does not end there, though. God made us so that we could glorify his name. Revelation 4, verse 11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist, and they were created. So in heaven, we find 24 elders, and they're giving God worship. They're giving God praise 24-7. And John is given this revelation that the reason they were giving him praise is because that's what they were created to do. You and I were created to give God the glory. John received this revelation when he saw the heavens open and he saw all the things that were taking place in heaven. And as he saw this 24 elders giving worship to God, he received a revelation from God that that is the reason why you and I 
were created. Our purpose in life, then, is to give God praise, but to also live a life that pleases God. Now, because our sins, our, our minds were tainted by sin, our mind was changed. Our purpose was changed. But now that we come to Christ, now that we are living for God, we need to serve our purpose, and that purpose is to give God the glory. I want to look secondly at why. The question will rise always, why? Why should we do this? Why is there need to do this? Now, every generation has asked themselves the question, why should I give God the praise? Just like a child. You know, why should I honor my parents? Why should I obey them? After all, I didn't ask to be born. So if you're speaking with someone who's bitter, someone who's angry, someone who's resentful towards God, they will ask those questions. Why do I need to do this? There's going to be an ungrateful mindset working in their hearts. Why should I give God the praise? But this evening I'm speaking to believers, those who have come to Christ, those who have been washed in the blood of Jesus, uh, and the question arises at times, why should I give God the praise? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do for the glory of God. So instead of engaging ourselves in debates uh, with people who may be bitter or angry or ungrateful, uh, that will never bring to will never bring that a kind of argument is never going to bring a resolution. So therefore, when we speaking of giving God praise, it refers to those who love God. And so when you love God, and God says, "I need you to give me praise." Once we have an understanding, a proper understanding of why we need to do this, it doesn't become difficult. As a matter of fact, if there's love in your heart for God, and if there's a desire in your heart to please God, giving Him praise or giving Him glory is not going to be a hard thing for you to do. The reason for that is because we come to understand that God is never going to ask us to do anything that would harm us. We've come to understand that God always has our best interest at heart. And those who have gone to know God cannot help themselves but to give God the glory. Just to give you a glimpse of God's glory, listen to what this man once said. According to Harlow Charlie, former director of the Harbor Observatory, to count the atoms in a single breath, it will require 1,000 men counting 100 atoms a second, 8 hours a day for about 10 billion years. This is just one of the things that God created. This is just to give you a glimpse of the kind of God you and I serve. Sh shouldn't that be enough to give God the glory? Yes. But if that is not enough... If God's creativity is not enough, and if we're looking for another reason to glorify God, we can find many. If we decided in our hearts as believers that we want to glorify God, where do we start? 
It may surprise you to hear that the answer is found in Psalms 50:23. Whoever offers praises glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Let me read that again. Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Now, let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. See, it is those then who love God. It is those who've made up their minds that we want to know God deeper, that we want to give God the glory that we find an answer as to why. You see, once we have the answer as to why God wants us to glorify His name, it's not a hard thing for us to do. We, not only we have the ability to glorify God, we want to glorify God. But how do we glorify God? We glorify God through our words and through our actions. Even as we go through our life, our regular routine, even as we eat, we get to glorify God. How, you may ask? Every time you sit down to have a meal, even though you're famished, even though you're hungry, when you take a pause to give God thanks for that meal, when you're putting yourself aside for a moment to thank God for that meal that you have before you, in that very moment, you're giving God the glory. Every time you take a moment to give God credit for something He's done in your life, you are giving God the glory. Anytime you look at something, if you're a new convert, and you look at that glass of beer, that glass of alcohol, and you say, God, this looks, this looks good. But then you say, you know what? I don't want to defile my body. I do not want to defile the temple of God. Jesus has come into my life. The Son of God, the Holy One, has come into my life. And therefore, because now he's residing in this temple, I don't want to defile my body with this alcohol. In that very moment, you are giving God the glory. Now, when you make a conscious decision to not give in to your flesh, you are giving God the glory. Now, people may hate the new you. But God is delighted in you because God has now become number one in your life. He's no longer last. He's no longer second. He's first in your life. And when you make God a priority or you put him first in your life, not only you're giving God the glory through your life, you also have the ability to glorify His name through any word or action. Let's take a look at a, at a man who gave God the glory not only through his life, but even in his death. John chapter 11, verse 4. When Jesus heard that, He said, 
This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Lazarus was a man who not only brought glory to God while he lived, he brought glory to God even in his death. How? When he died, Jesus went to bring him back. And that caused many to place their faith in Jesus Christ. See, that means that when you and I do certain things, the cause people to take notice, the cause people to reflect, the cause people to turn to God, in that very moment, we are giving God the glory. John 15, verse 8, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. See, another way we can give God the praise is when we become fruitful. But pastor, what if, if I try being fruitful and I can't seem to be fruitful in that area? Then be fruitful yourself. What does that mean? It means that you begin to acquire the fruits of the Spirit in your life. It means that you begin to become more like Jesus. You start doing your part so that you can become more and more like the Son of God. Someone may say, you know, I, I, I've, I've tried bearing the fruits of the Spirit, but I, I can't seem to get to that point. Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and being one another. You see, even if there's no calling in your life, even if you can seem to bear fruit by bringing someone else to Christ, you can bear fruit in your own life. If you cannot produce fruit outside of you, you can produce fruit inside of you. You see, how can we do that? By growing in the Lord by making a choice to grow in the Lord. See, the Bible refers to this as the fruits of the Spirit. What we just read. Gentleness, kindness, faithfulness. And the list goes on and on. Having joy in your life, having peace of mind, being kind, enduring trials, enduring your brethren's imperfections. That is part of growing in God. That is part of bearing fruit in your life. And Jesus has called his disciples, his followers, believers in Christ, to bear fruit in their lives. So if anything, if you're not called, if you, if you don't think you're called to preach, if you're not, you're, you're, you don't think you're called to do great things for God, you can still bear fruit in your life. Well, every time you put your flesh down, every time you put that lust the ungodly passion to death. 
In that very moment, you're bearing fruit and you're giving God the glory. When you and I manage to master any of one, uh, one of these areas in our lives, we are giving God the glory. People are going to begin to marvel when they see that you have problems, but you don't walk around moping, complaining. People are going to marvel. They, they, they see a difference in your life. When they see that you're kind to those who are not kind to you. When they see that you're not hating others the way they hate you. When they see that you're kind to someone who has nothing to offer you. When they see that you're filled with problems, but you're not worthy because the peace of God is over your life. And it's right there. When you say, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not sure if I'm worthy of God using my life. I don't feel like I'm qualified to do any of those things that God requires of me. John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I pointed you that you should bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. You see, you didn't choose God. God chose you. And because he chose you, he appointed you that you could bear fruit. So even if you feel that you're not qualified, even if you feel that you're not worthy, God says, I chose you. I picked you. I appointed you to bear fruit. See, God ordained you to do this. Before I became a pastor, I was ordained by another man of God, and then I was released into the ministry. I could have ordained myself, but where's the credibility in that? Now think of this. God is saying, I have ordained you so that you can bear fruit. So the next time you're tempted to say, I don't know if I can bear fruit, God says, I ordained you. I appointed you to bear fruit. God is confident that you're up to the task. And if God believes in you, who are a child of God, that you can bear fruit, then that settles it. I want to speak lastly about believing. In order for us to accomplish what God has entrusted us with, we have to believe that what he's saying is true. And when we make a choice to believe that what God is saying is true, then we need to give him the glory through our faith in him. Romans chapter 4 verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. See, this scripture speaking of none other than Abraham, the father of faith. And why did he become the father of faith, even though he didn't have a church background? The reason is because when God called him, he believed God. See, Abraham made a choice to trust and believe God. 
Now listen, Abraham was not a perfect man. He was no King David. He was no Apostle Paul. But when God told him to leave his country and leave family behind in order to go to a land that God was taking him to, not even known to him yet, Abraham did. And as Abraham took God and his word, it was counted to him as righteousness. See, that means that before Jesus came to die for our sins, Abraham was being treated by God as if he was saved, as if he was a child of God. See, that is mind-blowing. Abraham obtained the benefits that you and I as believers have. This is a powerful thought, beloved. God saw Abraham in the same light as he sees you and I. As he sees those who are born again believers. And if this is true for Abraham, how much more for you and I who make a choice to believe God when he speaks to us. Every time we confess that he is Lord in our lives through our words and our actions, every time we trust in his power, in his ability to work in us and through us, we glorify his name. We give him the glory Every time we look at our lives and we choose to move in the direction that God's pointing to us, we are giving Him him the glory. Every time we're tempted to speak unbelief and we don't, we are giving Him the glory. Every time the fear comes over your life, every time an insecurity comes over your life, every time you get to be rattled by something that's happening around you, but then you make a choice to move in faith, you're giving God the glory. You see, Every time we speak faith into our lives in our circumstances, we are giving Him the glory. Every time we do that, we come under the authority of God and under His covering. Ephesians 1.12, God's purpose was that we who were the first to trust in Christ should praise our glorious God. And now you also have heard the truth The good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identifies you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us everything he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. This is just one more reason for us to praise God our glorious God. You want reasons? There are many reasons to give God the glory. We have plenty of reasons to give God praise. But beloved, the most important of all them all is the fact that Jesus has given us eternal life. 
through the sacrifice of his son. God has given us eternal life through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. See, God deserves our praise. God deserves our glory. And the awesome thing is that we are able to do that. We are able to give him the glory through our words, through our actions, through our lives. If I could have every head bow and every eye close, maybe you can hear the sound of my voice. And you feel like you have nothing to give God glory for. Too many things are going on in your life. You've lived a life of resentment and hatred. Bitterness seems to be pouring out of your life. Every time you see someone who's enjoying life, you're not happy. You need to understand that you, sir, ma'am, teenager, child, God created you so that you could give him the glory. Through this message, you've heard many reasons why we should give God the glory. But most of your life, you've done the opposite. And sometimes you wonder why, why you do the things that you do. It's called sin. When God created Adam and Eve, he created them so that they, they could worship him, so that they could give him the glory through their lives. But the time came when they believed the lie and they gave in to sin. And with sin came death, pain, and suffering. And the reason why you see so much suffering in the world is because there's sin in the world. And as long as there's sin in the world, many people are not going to find a reason unless they make a conscious choice to trust and believe that what God is saying is true. And what is God saying? And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever will believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. See, anyone who perishes without God is not because God did not provide a way out because they've rejected the Son of God. For Jesus came into this world, but the world did not receive him. But to those who have received him, he's given them the power and the ability to become sons and daughters of God. In order to glorify God, you first need to understand who God is. And the only way to know him is by inviting him into your life then making a commitment to follow him. This is called faith. You have to believe that what God is saying is true. Otherwise, you will never get to know him. You will never get to enjoy the benefits of what it means to be a child of God and you will remain lost in your sin. See, that is not God's will. That is not God's desire. So if you want to blame someone for all the suffering that's taking place in the world, his name is Satan. 
His name is Lucifer. The Bible says he's like a thief who's come to steal and destroy lives. He's responsible for all the suffering, not God. God has done everything in his ability to reach out to you and I. The rest he's left it up to us. You can choose to know God or you can choose to remain as you are. It's called a free will. That is also something that God's given us. A free will. The ability to choose the kind of life we want to live or the life He chose for us to live. The choice is yours. If you want to know God, reach out to us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or remnantchristianchurch.com. We'd be glad to lead you to Christ. We'd be glad to have you join us in our journey of knowing God and enjoying the benefits of what it means to be a child of God. I want to speak to God's people. We were made to glorify God. We were made to give Him the glory. And the beauty of it all is it is within our reach, is within our ability. Do one thing at a time. Take one step at a time. You may be doing some of those things already. Every time you tell someone of a healing that God's done in your life, you're giving Him the glory. Every time you tell someone about Jesus, you're giving Him the glory. Every time you pray for your food before you eat, you're giving Him the glory. But God wants more. He desires more of you and I because He created you and I for that very purpose. And as we worship Him and as we give Him the glory, our lives become so much better. And every time we do the will of God, not only we get to grow in Him, but we also get to enjoy the fact that He's pleased with us. God bless.